It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, February 14th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is wondering if the Flyers will be my Valentine this year. I don't know. We'll have to wonder. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, it is Valentine's Day, I would mm-hmm. say in jest, but you know, being uh, February 14th, we've uh, are rapidly approaching that trade deadline. You know, not much going on from the Flyers right now, although we did find out that Morgan Riley was suspended for five games. So we will not see him against no. the Leafs on Thursday, but we pretty much knew that. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah. So given what the date is, uh, trade deadline is March 8th, which is 23 days away. 10 games for the Flyers until that trade deadline. It's a nice round number. And, you know, I think the the Flyers are are reaching a crossroads here where, you know, they have to make some decisions related to a potential playoff run and the trade deadline. And we've been talking about this, but now with these only 10 games remaining until that day, like it's really starting to come to a head, right? Yeah. I mean, the Devils and and the Penguins have more games. You know, even the Islanders probably have one more game, but the the Penguins are like five behind. So it's it, it's going to be hard. It's it's you know, if you're making the decision that you made the right decision last year, then you're not going to do that much at the deadline as far as the team now, and you're going to make some subtractions, and you're going to do the best you can the rest of the year. That's what you do when you make a plan. If all of a sudden that plan changes, then that does change a lot of different things. And that's not what, you know, what I would do. That's not what I would recommend. Yeah. And so I think like the first step is looking at how realistic is it that the Flyers make the playoffs, right? Because you have to kind of start from that logic point before you can kind of move on and decide what to do. And so then you have to say, well, then how do they get there? For the rest of the season in these 10 games and you know as we recall the schedule making gods at the nhl love to stack up those divisional games toward the end of the season right so the schedule is going to get harder in terms of keeping like racking up points right every game is going to turn into a four-point game and even in these 10 games up ahead you know we have the devils at metlife then you know after we play the Blackhawks, there's the Rangers, the Pens. We see the Caps as part of these next 10 games as well. It feels like ancient times since the last time the Flyers saw the Washington Capitals. So I, I feel like you really have to look at this schedule and look at these four-point swings to determine that, right? 
Yeah, I mean, look no further than just other teams in the league. Like last year, Devils made the playoffs. This year, they're struggling to make the playoffs. Last year, the Sabres were within, I think, a point of making the playoffs. This year, nowhere within that point. You know, so it's like you can't guarantee just because you're having a good year this year that, oh, yeah, we'll we'll be right just like that next year because you're going to have changes on your team. So that's why you just have to go for it as much as you can, but you can't start spending assets on it because it's just there's they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't want to, you know, right. anybody's hard out there, but they're not going to they're not going to beat the Avalanche or somebody like that in a seven game series, no matter how good you think they look this year. When you all of a sudden have to start playing some of these teams in the seven game series, that's where the rubber is going to hit the road. And, and, you know, that's where you have to be honest with yourself as far as management goes. You know, you look at the standings overall, right? And I think, you know, the Flyers are in a good position if they can maintain their top three positioning in the division and don't have to deal with the wild card race. Yeah, the wild card is not their path if, if, there, if there's a path. Right, because if you look at the wild card race, you look at how well the Leafs are and Detroit are playing, I think it's going to be tough to end up at the end of the season in a better position than those teams should they drop out of that top three. Right. Yeah, no question. And so then, you know, you're dealing with the Devils and the Penguins and the Islanders. That's that's what yep. you're dealing with. And you're going to play those teams, you know, down the stretch. So, 11 times each. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be real tough. And I think, you know, the other part of that question is, can the Flyers keep this up, what they've been doing? And, you know, I, I think that, yes, they can the way that they've been doing it, where they've had some rough patches but they recover from them and they win a few games. And I feel like that should be how this plays out, right? Where they maybe lose two or three, but then they win two or three. And it just kind of flows for the rest of the season. I mean, the hard play will work out. Uh, we still don't mm -hmm. know for sure how Sam Erson's going to work out. I think they're going to face fewer and fewer backup goalies where that's a factor. So that's where all of a sudden those, those things change a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, they could – win more than they lose but you can win more than you lose down the stretch and still not make the playoffs like there might be a team out there that only loses four more games behind you you don't know yeah i think i think that is a fair point and i think you know the other question you, you then have to ask yourself based on what your supposition is about how this season is going to play out for the flyers is you know, what do we need to know in these next 10 games that we don't already know? And should we have already known it by now in terms of how you feel about everybody on your roster, how you feel about some of the prospects in Lehigh Valley and how, how you want to shape your team for next season based on who you have now and who's expendable, right? Yeah, I think, sadly, the prospects aren't going to play a big part in this season, no matter what. So I think they know what they have. Uh, they've already re-signed what they're going forward with. May, maybe someone like Sealor gets signed last minute. Maybe he doesn't. And then I think they they know that. Like, I think that's that's what they know. And then, you know, again, you just really don't have to look any further than, remember, like a couple weeks ago, you know, there were some Flyers fans. Oh, look, we're only a couple points from the top where the Rangers are. And now you can see that separation. And it's not like the Flyers have played poorly. They yeah. haven't. But that's, you know, that's what happens. They're not there yet where they're going to play like that. And you don't know with Sam Urson. You don't know down the stretch here what he's going to do in these next, like, you know, 30 games. Yeah, and I just wonder, 
in terms of the players that they do have on the Flyers roster that are kind of borderline in terms of are they a piece for this team moving forward? So obviously they gave Owen Tippett that huge contract extension. So he's a part of the Flyers future. I still don't know about Ryan Paling because it was a two-year deal. Is right. he a bridge, be a, 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 plug. a bridge guy, right? Yes. Uh, but, but a quality bridge guy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you mentioned Nick Sealer as a possibility for them to extend. Like, is there anybody else that you think could potentially get a contract extension here. I mean, connect me. Uh, again, I think it's dangerous territory. I think you give him a five-year contract, it's dangerous territory. It doesn't matter if he's only like 34 at the time or 35 at the time. I think he'd be 34 or something like that. It, it yeah. matters about the he's mileage. 26 now. Yeah, so he'd be 31 at the time. It matters about the mileage. You know, that's what I would worry about. I wouldn't want to give Travis Konechny a five-year deal anymore because he's a smaller player. He plays really rough and tumble. And just look at Brendan Gallagher when he started to go down a little bit. They gave him that deal, and, you know, now he's just sort of playing out the string. Konechny will play his finish his contract easy, and he'll probably get another one after that. But your goal is to not have guys that are like 28, 29, 30, on you know longer term deals that's that should be the goal of the team so yeah and he probably won't accept five either i'm just telling you i wouldn't even do five he's probably going to want seven and you are you you know you can make the argument well he's only going to be 33 russ and it's like okay but you you don't know when somebody's end date as a really good player is going to be but i do know in this league when you're a smaller player it's harder yeah, I think with Konechny, too, there's a little bit of wiggle room here, given that he has one more year left on the deal, Yeah. so that it, there's room to have this conversation next offseason and have it not be a big deal that they haven't talked about well, You don't want to let it get to next offseason, because then you, you're letting them potentially walk without any getting any assets. You can't let them walk without assets, either. No, like this offseason is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, this offseason. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah, so I, I do think they have a little bit of room there. But it is really interesting that the Flyers don't have any forwards on expiring contracts uh, for this offseason. It's really just on the blue line side. But um, we have a lot more to talk about on this front in terms of shifting gears and talking about the trade deadline and what moves they could or should make. A big difference between those two things. And we will do that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets. And with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite parts of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about those last minute flash deals. Plus, you can get that all important view from your seat. Game Time has deals right up to the start of the event and sometimes up to an hour after it starts. So it's the place to find your last minute seat. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code LOCKED ON for $20 off. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
On tomorrow's show, we will be previewing that big matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So much narrative going on there right now. Uh, Seems like there always is with the Leafs, though. And then uh, we will be doing a prospect profile for draft-eligible prospect Zane Pareka. So that should be really fun, and we will get to that on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, getting back to our playoffs versus trade deadline conversation, uh, you know, we've talked about it. Management has said they're staying the course on the rebuild regardless of any of this. Um, Do we still believe them at this point? You know, management is never 100% honest in any sport. We know that. I believe them until I see what happens on deadline day because that's when the coach is going to push hard and say, listen, I can do this. We could do this, and they have to make the hard decision. So I believe today that's what their plan is, but do I think it's 100% ironclad? No, because they're a sports team, and you never know if they get talked out of it slightly and say, well, we'll take this little shift off course because, you know, we can get playoff revenue. Yeah, and I'm wondering, I guess, you know, we've heard all the trade rumors out there in terms of who's potentially on the block, and it's – you know, it's very clearly Scott Lawton, it's Nick Sealer, and it's Sean Walker, right? Those are the main. Those are the big guys. ones. And, and then Mark Stahl. Stone, you know, whether they're real or not. Yeah. 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 So there's there's all those rumors. But is there a chance um, that they raise their prices on these guys for deals due to the playoff run? I mean, they could try. I think he's already raised prices to the point. I my feeling is I think the teams that were going to pay a high price already paid it. And I think mm-hmm. the other teams now that are looking for players aren't going to break the bank doing it. So I don't think you're going to get like a crazy playoff return, you know, unless you put a connecting out there, because I don't think uh, teams are going to look at any of these players that they guess as that they get from the flyers and say, Oh yeah, that's going to put us over the top to win the Stanley cup. If the flyers had one of those players, then I might say, yeah, okay, but none of these players are that player. Yeah, it's just so, I think, interesting because of the flyer situation on the blue line with expiring yeah. contracts. That um, you know, right now there's three UFAs and a and an RFA in Igor Zamula, right? And so it could be the Wild West, or they could do nothing. And I feel oh. like both scenarios are possible or anything in between. And I just like, I I guess that is my one big worry is that they're going to look for the perfectest of perfect deals here. Right. And then nothing happens. And then they haven't accomplished one of those goals of moving forward in this rebuild. I mean, it seems like I've seen this movie before and it was last year with Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. Except it's different. It's not different. I think it is different because I think Chuck really over promised and under delivered. And in terms of like his estimation of the marketplace was way off. Okay. I mean, Danny I, just hasn't told you what the marketplace was. So you don't get, you know, upset about it. But there is still an expectation that they're going to kill it at the deadline. So they go big in this draft. I think the expectation is the same with both GMs. I think. Chuck just told you something that didn't happen and you're hoping Danny gets it done. But I don't think there's that much difference, to be honest. 
I don't know. I think it's a really interesting question, though, because I, I think that the perception is that it's very different. I could be sitting in the same room listening to the same speech, you know? I mean, anything's, anything in sports is possible. I think we've all learned that. Yes and no. I think the difference could be that I think more GMs are going to be willing to work with Danny Breer on this front. And I think every other GM out there knew that they could, you know, completely take Chuck Fletcher out back because it, I think that the relationships were different and that they knew Chuck Fletcher was on the hot seat. And so they could, you know, try and fleece him in any right. That's possible. I, I just think it's a very different scenario with Danny Breer and Keith Jones and the relationships that they have. The trade deadline could be hard. Yeah. You could have prices set and you go two hours into the trade deadline and nothing happens. And all of a sudden you're looking at there's two hours left. What's the plan? Right. Like that's when, you know, it's a game of chicken at times. Yeah. Yeah. I just have seen little glimmers, especially with the timing of the contract extensions for Tippett and for Paling. I think that it could be that Danny Breer is willing to be slightly less than perfect in order to get it done. And I know that contradicts what I said before, but I, you know, I, I do feel like that that is also possible. It's just so hard to tell. I oh, think it's with this, hard to tell. I mean, if it was easy with this group, because they're yeah. so new, right? Nobody, yeah. nobody knows. They haven't right. been through this before. No, no, so that's true. Yeah, we knew Chuck Fletcher's mo. We do not know what this group looks like at a trade deadline. No, it's very true, and it, it is uncharted waters. So I, I think like the only big surprise, I guess, would be if they trade for a goalie at deadline. Right. Right. Yeah. If they gave up, what, let's say, a third round pick for a goalie, that would be a surprise. Yes. But everything else, I think, would make sense. And I, I think the only thing that wouldn't make sense is if they did nothing. Right. 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 And I don't think they'll do nothing. But again, you know, I... I don't get the feeling, this is not Flyers related, this is just league related. I just don't get the feeling there's a lot of teams that are willing to, you know, give up major assets right now because they think they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Now, that could change in a couple of weeks, you know, a couple of teams have an injury or whatever. But I think, you know, teams like the Avs and Dallas, I think there's three or four teams, you know, Vancouver already made their big move. I think there's three or four teams that feel like, hey, we really can win the cup. And I think the rest are like, yeah, if we get in it, we got a chance. And then you have to figure out, like last year, the Leafs gave up everything, right? Because, yep. you know, Dubas, it was his last year and they got nothing for it. And that's the, uh, the, the, the harsher part of that story is when you do that. Yeah. And I think it depends on like how many teams you're in competition with for some of these guys. Yeah. And, you know, especially I think, it's harder to say a little bit out West um, who's going to make a move because a lot of these teams are pretty set and they know what they have. And so they're not going to like break the bank on anybody. Well, I think one, as an example, um, teams have already made some moves, right? Was it like three or four that made mm -hmm. move, you know, including, you know, Zach Parise going to Colorado, right? Um, there was early talk for, for Walker. But Briere didn't didn't trade him. So he could have been possibly one of those first defensemen traded and they didn't do it. So then you don't know what's going to come back around. But you know, my feeling is when there was talk about it, that the Flyers were talking. 
and they didn't get what they liked, so they kept them. But that's you know that's the risk. It, it's a huge risk, and I think that you know you look at teams in rebuilds and they have mountains of draft picks and the flyers have like nice rolling hills of draft picks right, right. now right. and but i think they're this management group wants to kind of combo build from the ground up through picks but then also get key players like through trades and free agency right i, I think that how this this trade deadline goes is going to have implications about how they can handle free agency in July and looking at off season moves at the draft. I think it's just going to be a really interesting thing to see this group, put it all together. There are things that are within your control and there are things that are without, uh, not in within your control. So something that's within their control is yes. You know what? At some point they can make sure they trade these guys and get what they can get. So they don't get, you know, beat totally in the market things they can't control let's say kolosov can't come over next year because all of a sudden things change in russia and mitchkov is definitely living out his contract and maybe even going to stay a year or two after that because things have changed in russia like we hear with putin those are things that are out of their control you got to plan for both though yep you absolutely do well to be continued and 10 games to go until that deadline and we will continue to talk about it as we get closer or should the flyers make any moves in the meantime we've got some of your mailbag questions to answer and we will do that coming up next get all the buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, america's number one sports book because right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet that's 150 bucks if your bet wins bet on all your favorite nba players and teams like the Sixers with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Locked On has launched its first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, including Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Uh, some really good questions, uh, a lot of them related to our trade deadline conversation. Um, Chris wanted to know, and you know, he talked uh, about all the potential issues in Russia that you just alluded to, uh, Russ, that might affect Kolosov. And he wants to know, are there any other goalie prospects in our system that are worth looking at? Not right away. I mean, you know, Bjornsson's another really good one, but he's going to need another two more, three more years. So not right away. You know, the answer is it's good that you're invested in Russian goaltending like the Flyers are because there are some really good ones out there. The downside is you don't, you never know when you're going to get them. Yeah. I think, I think that's spot on. And um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how Bjarnason develops. I know he's had like an up and down kind of year and I think he had an injury. Yeah. And it's well. not great. I mean, maybe at some point he gets traded, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he's got time and he's a very good goaltender. So he may be more of a longer term solution and they'll have to yeah. trade for somebody in the off season or sign a free agent in the off season um, to make it work in the meantime. Uh, Jim wants to know, um, 
Could the Flyers bring the captain back? Maybe in the right deal, the Sens eat some of the salary. We know he's comfortable here. I think he would help the power play. And there's still a handful of guys he played with. Also, the fan base would love it. And the media would have a field day. Uh, What do you think? No. He's where he is for a reason. He wants his kid to grow up where he is in Canada. He's close to home. He's he's happy there. He spent his time in Philly. He liked it. He's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, I agree. And I just think it doesn't feel right either. I think like we love Claude Giroux. I love Claude Giroux. Um, I think that his time here was really, really special. And I appreciate him more than anything. And I'm still a fan. But he's just not a part of the future of the team. He's a part of his era of the Flyers. And I like it that way. It'll be a videotape one day. The Claude Giroux era. Yeah. And uh, hopefully a banner goes up at some point. Uh, we'll see, though. Riley August uh, wanted to know, thoughts on the Lawton and Walker to Oilers rumors? For both in one trade? I don't think so. I don't know if the Oilers have exactly what the Flyers want to be able to get that done. I, I could see them wanting Walker, but again, the Oilers don't have the, the deepest system anymore. So if I'm the Flyers, I'm trying to steer clear of the Oilers, to be honest, and trying to look at other other teams that are more flush with better prospects. Yeah, I think, you know, if, especially if you want to get a prospect in return. If I'm trading two guys, I'm not doing that for just draft picks. Mm-hmm. I'll do it for a draft pick and a player, but I want a player in return, you know, a prospect in return if I'm trading two of them. Yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, you look at the Oilers' uh, draft picks for this upcoming draft. They have a first. They have a second, which their second is – decent it's you know it'll be like a late second rounder it'll be late um yeah but they don't have a third or a fourth in this upcoming draft so you know the flyers would have to go to 2025 to get a third or a fourth round in return and they don't have you know a full complement of picks until 2026 and that's way down yeah, so like as an example like you're pointing out if they got a, a 2024 second and a 2025 third it would come out hollow for me i'd be like that wasn't worth it. Yeah, I think uh, although both of those picks together, depending on who it was for, I think you know if it was for Nick Sealer, I'd take that deal. No, but it's for but we we already know it's not. Yeah, <laughs> no, so, the other two. So right, right. So I'm just saying, like there are guys that I would take that deal. Oh, for. sure, you would take the 2025 third for Sealer and make it conditional if you had to. If there was nobody yeah. else that wanted them, sure, I get it. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Kevin B2844 uh, has a Drysdale question, Um, says, I know Drysdale is young, but he really doesn't excite me for whatever reason. It does make me frustrated that we lost Cutter. It seems like the strategy they were talking about, uh, why don't you keep Zamula up there in the power play since he does seem like he shoots a lot at the point. And so I guess the question here is like, how do we feel about Drysdale so far and, and the issue about using Zamula? Well, okay. So I think on the last power play of the game, last game, they were letting Drysdale do what Drysdale does. And he at least was making some things happen. If you do that more often than not, you're going to be successful. But I don't know if this Flyers group is going to give him the time to do that because there's so much pressure because this thing is, is just a steaming pile right now. There's no other way to... To, to say it. So I think you'll see the best out of them if they stick with him that way. And Zamula should be the second 
power play option. Like there really shouldn't even be a question at this point. York is just better off as a distributor, but he he's not going to create anything shooting. He's not scoring. Right. And that's what I like about the option of having Drysdale on PP1 and uh, Zamula on the second unit, because it's two completely different looks. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of the structure, and I think if you work around it that way, in terms of having a guy that does what Drysdale does in terms of walking the blue line and and getting the opposing diamond to shift, right? That that's, creates... That's the whole thing about Drysdale. And at least yeah. they're doing it on the last one. And you saw like, hey, a shot got blocked. But once mm-hmm. everything starts shifting, it makes it much harder and other guys get more opportunities. And that's what you want. Exactly. York doesn't and create that because York just looks to the left, looks to the right, and passes it. And that's it. And it's within two seconds. He doesn't even have the, the pace, the presence or the patience to wait for something to break like that. Right. And then you get the second unit on and it's a completely different style with Zamula shooting from the point and then trying to get garbage goals out of it. So I think having two different looks like that is really, really important and a good thing. And that's why I like Drysdale so far because he's creating a different look. They just have to let him do what he's going to do. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Last question. Um, Jonathan wants to know, do they keep Lixel up for the road trip? and then send him down since, as you said, on the Tuesday show, there's only the one Phantoms game this week. Yeah, I mean, he might be in Toronto, um, and that's fine. Give him the experience, gets an extra day day of NHL pay. But if he doesn't play in Toronto, you got to send him down. Yeah, I think they'll just have to keep him on the roster through the weekend, and then, you know, once once the Flyers um, settle out and then the Phantoms are back on their full schedule for next week, they'll send him down. and it also depend on the Tyson Forster's health, right? I think that'll fact. play into that'll play into it as well. All right, that will do it for the mailbag and today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Tomorrow, of course, we will talk about that Leafs game. We're going to talk prospects. Um, and as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. If you want your question answered on the show, like we did today, you can. Contact us via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail or comment on our YouTube channel. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.